0: everybody, and welcome to the Week 2 2023 season edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Ryan Fox here, joining alongside Mr. Kenny Heath. And, Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good,
1: man. Uh, hey, it's good to be back. Last week I sat out and uh, we had Charlie Brown's teacher
0: come in and, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, give her analysis. So, it's good to be back, man. Yeah, but it looks like we got some things straightened out. We mixed with the settings and... Made sure all the equipment was plugged in properly, and uh, uh, after some pre-recording tests, it sounds like we're back up and running, Kenny. Yeah, and man, it sucks when you, you put a lot of work into a podcast,
1: mm. and you turn it out, and you're like, well, guess what? Your mic was not on, so sounded weird. Uh, we put a lot of work into this, and, and it sucks, and... and
0: just it is what it is and uh, maybe this week it'll be a little bit better yeah for sure but the numbers are on par all you guys are still tuning in and the numbers were still up uh people are still tuning into the episode and listening throughout so we appreciate you guys sticking with us even through uh very bad te- technical problems that again the audio didn't come out anywhere near as good as we would have hoped last week but everything looks to be good now as we're recording this everything looks good hopefully it sounds good yeah but i mean let's let's just jump right into it how about week one it was a very very exciting slate of games across the state last week a lot of great finishes and we saw a great one last friday night as well we
1: did so i want to know what game you know we were at the same game whitney uh troy Mm -hmm. so what game surprised you the most out of last week
0: um honestly it it ended up being a one-sided affair but you look at that China spring Lorena game, it ended up being, I believe, a 34-13 final in China Spring, but Lorena, you know, with some injuries and stuff, and they had three turnovers in the first half, and they were only down by eight at halftime, you know, so I, I think just the stinginess of Lorena, despite with all the injuries and and, you know, the three turnovers again, to only be down at halftime at at China Spring against China Spring. I mean, eventually China Spring did pull away. They, they kind of warmed down with the numbers and then cash McCollum, column, all that stuff. And they pulled away in the second half. But I think that really impressed me. Even though they ended up losing by three touchdowns, the the fact that they were only down by eight, despite all those turnovers and the injuries, that really impressed me the most. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. Another
1: game that surprised me is the grandview Rose yep. game. Mm-hmm. And, you know... We didn't think Glen Rose was going to be where they were you know, a bad snap yeah. away from making the state championship or the regional or the semifinals last year, but uh, Grandview, man, they just turned out. And you know, Coach Ebner does a great job over there. Uh, I think uh, Collins, uh, a wide receiver defensive back for Grandview, he had three interceptions. A, yeah, he was the Smoky uh, mm-hmm. Central Texas Player of the Year. Jalil Allen, uh, I mm-hmm. saw his uh, clips. God, they got something over there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Coach Ebner always does a great job, and that was impressive. That you know. All the preseason talks was, hey, Grandview's still going to be really good, but they're probably going to take a little step back. They graduated a lot. I think they graduated, what, uh, like 17 or 18 yeah, letterman. And a ton of kids. Yeah. And, and to come out like that against a 4A team that was, like you said, one bad snap away against Carthage from going to the state championship game. Now, Glenrose Rose also did lose a lot. They lost Hudson White and a lot of their other playmakers. But to come out and win 35-7 – against a team that made such an incredible run last year and a team that beat them handily last year. They played in Glen Rose last year, and uh, they, Grandview lost that game by 21. To come out here and turn around and beat that same team 35-7 to at home, dang impressive by the Zebras. Oh, it is. And, uh, you know, like you said,
1: I, you know, this district is, you know, with Coach Ebner and Coach Woodard, they're not down, you know. They're they're no. not going to be down. They may be not quite as what you think they are the year before, but you know they just have a great culture, a great program, and they're going to win quality ball games.
0: Yeah, it's one of those programs that are so well run. They don't rebuild; they reload. And the, and just this last Friday night was prime examples of that. West, we thought that that's another another game we looked at last week that had a surprising result. We we thought West they graduated a lot last year as well. We thought they were going to take. Probably a slightly bigger step than what Granby would have taken, but they go out on the road and face a godly team, another 4A team that uh, made it to the third or fourth round of the playoffs last year, yeah. and they went with defense. And offensively, they, they've had a lot of their scoring through the air with Gus Crane. He had two passing touchdowns on the game as well. And that's not something you typically see with a David Wooder coach team. They like to run it down your throat, but they did a lot of their scoring at least offensively through the air.
1: Yeah. And, and we'll talk with coach Woodard here in a little bit. And, you know, just, they played great, uh, run defense last week. And, uh, you know, they're going to put a running back in there and he's going to get his yards. And, and like you said, they threw the ball around. And, and like Coach Woodard is going to say here in a little bit, they always want to throw the ball. It just depends oh, yeah. on who they have, uh, you, you know, personnel-wise. So, yeah, yeah, but, good win for, uh, for uh, Wes there.
0: Yeah, uh, a Coach Witter team, you know, it's not necessarily run first. Like, like they want to run the ball. They want to run it down your throat. But it's also one of those things where, like, with Coach Woodard, he does like to throw the ball, but he likes to if he can run it all night long, control the line of scrimmage and run the clock run the clock out and manage the clock, that's what he's gonna do. But he also likes to, if he can, with the personnel and West, although they're young, they're pretty athletic this year. So they, if you know, if those young players can continue to develop and become like uh, passing threats, then it could be one of those things where West becomes more dangerous because because they become more two dimensional instead of one, so they can start running to set up the pass and uh, the play action passes and everything. So, very very, especially defensively, that that game plan that they had uh, against a very very explosive godly rushing attack mm-hmm. to hold them to what they did—only seven points on the road—very very impressive for the Trojans. Yeah, and
1: you know, we we said it in the pre. You know, hey, Coach Woodard, his program, they're going to be good up front. They're going to mm-hmm. be really good defensively. And let's get back to Grandview real quick. Uh, Carter Collins, hey, he's in the magazine. You, Hey, they're, yeah, he's a good kid. The dude went off. I mean, he went smooth off. Mm-hmm. A lot of receiving yards, three interceptions, like you said. And that's just the, the type of kids they have at Grandview. You, you may not know their name, but you will at the end of the year.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. It's it's going to be really, really intriguing to see how those younger guys develop. Because, again, as we mentioned, both West and Grandview are very, very young. But as, as the numbers and the scores indicated us in week one, those young guys are already stepping up and making big-time plays. So it's – It's exciting, you know, know, Central Texas football, man. Week one was really, really exciting. Those are just a couple of the exciting games that happened last week. But, you know, let's go ahead and jump into week two as we jump into our previews. And before we start, as Kenny mentioned before, later on, we will be visiting with the head coach of the West Trojans, David Woodard. But first, Kenny also had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the La Vega Pirates, the 1-0 La Vega Pirates, coming off their 35-28 victory over Kennedale. Here's Kenny's interview with the... Pirate head coach Don Hyde.
1: Okay, I'm here with Coach Don Hyde, the head football coach of the La Vega Pirates. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, sir. Coach Hay, we appreciate you hopping on. I know this is a big week for you, a big rivalry game. But before we get into that, let's talk about last week and your game against uh, Chinadel. Of course, uh, a guy that we really like on the podcast, uh, Bryson Rowland, had a heck of a game, 19 for 240, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, How big was it having that guy back and healthy for you this year?
2: Oh, I mean, any time you got Bryson Rowland on the field, that that, can't – uh, people don't realize how hard he is to tackle. He got a low center of gravity. It reminds me of Deuce Vaughn, who's playing for the Cowboys now. He used to play for Kansas State, and uh, he's just hard to tackle. And so, anytime you got him on the field, there's a threat that he can run the ball. And then, of course, our quarterback this year is more of a threat to run the ball. So, you got to decide who you want to, who, who you want to carry the ball. And so, you know, they set on the quarterback. So he had a big field day out there uh, Friday night.
1: Yeah, speaking of your quarterback, you know, both the, the Thornton brothers, they're, they're new to the program. It uh, looks like they're having a pretty big impact for you guys on offense.
2: I mean, they're, they're, they're great kids and, uh, and, and do a fabulous job for us out here in Hamlet. And
1: uh, we're, just, we're just lucky they chose to move over here to La Bay High State and all so, their kids in our school. So okay, we know about the offense, and you know, I read, I watched a little bit of film, and I walked, and I read the uh, the Waco Trib article. Talked mostly about your offense, but what do you see on defense that, that you like? You know, you guys got down early, fourteen nothing, tied it up at half, and kind of you know brand new ball game. But tell us about your defense. What would you see on that side of the ball? Well, uh,
2: you know, we were we were just kind of piecemealing together. We we had kids, uh, we had three starters that. Uh, we didn't know wouldn't play until uh, Thursday night at about five PM. So they got all the riffs in practice, and then uh, one of them got sick and couldn't come. And the other one, one of them got sick Thursday night and couldn't come to school Friday. And the other, and I walked in the building on Friday morning. Our defense tackle's up there vomiting, so he couldn't come. And then we had a kid pull a muscle just out of the blue as a quarterback for. So we, we were without three starter defense. they got all the reps all week for team and everything like that. So we were piecemealing stuff together. What people don't realize is, you know, Kindle, they run the wing team but They they from the line of scrimmage and line up quick and snap the football. And you ain't got time to move around very much and adjust. It. And so they caught us early on in some things. And, and uh, you know, it's a hard offense to defend because you can't get the reps you need at full speed for a scout team. And so. You know, we just tried to survive, and luckily
1: we did. And there's some things we got to clean up, certainly, and uh, we're going we're going to get to work on that today. Good deal. Okay, so here we here we go. We got Conley, which is a right you know right across the, the interstate from y'all, just up north a little bit. I'm sure these kids have known each other since they were in grade school, been playing each other in football and basketball and baseball and such. What does this rivalry mean to you? I mean, you've been you've been in La Vega for a while. How, how does this shape up?
2: You know, I think. I'm not sure it's much of robbery anymore. Uh, you know, we, our kids know their kids so well, and you know uh, we know their coaching staff so well. And you know, and people don't realize I spent my first years, my first seven years of high school football at Conley High School uh, as an assistant coach. And so, you know, we're all familiar with one another. Coach Garrett and those guys over there do a fabulous job. They got some really good talent, uh, and, and it's a big test for the Pirates.
1: Okay, and speaking of Conley, of course they've got Keeper Sibley, Kobe Black. Looks like they found their quarterback in Jamarian Benson, who had a pretty good game against Mahia. You're an old defensive guy. How do you defend that? I mean, what's your mindset going into this week about this this offense they've got?
2: Well, I mean, you gotta you gotta fit it right, and you gotta and you gotta tackle his face. You know, and that, that's a you know, that's a tall task for any school to do. And but uh, you know, the, the, they got super athletes over there, and if you miss one tackle, it's it to be six points. So. You got to get to the ball, fit the blocks right, and, uh, and, and hold on for dear life. Hope you get help pretty quick. So, I mean, that's what we're going to spend all our time working on this week, and, and we'll, we'll let the cards fall where they fall on Friday night.
1: Hey, coach, we appreciate you hopping on. Uh, let's get together sometime down the season, and we'll talk about it again.
2: Well, sounds good. Thanks.
0: And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the La Vega Pirates, Coach Don Hyde. Thanks again to Coach for hopping on with us today. And again, as we mentioned prior to the interview, we will also have Coach David Woodard of the West Trojans later on down the line as well. But let's go ahead and jump into this first game. Kenny, La Vega at Connelly. Now this is a, you know, C- Coach Coach Hyde kind of downplayed a little bit in the interview, but th- this is this is a crosstown rival, man. I mean, they're not too far from each other. Uh, this is a game that was a thriller last year they played it in La Vega last year I think Connolly it was a high scoring game I think Connolly came out uh with like a one possession win or something like that yeah it was really
1: close last I think one point or one yeah one possession one point kind of deal
0: yeah it, it's uh you know he kind of downplayed it but I mean it you know on paper you know there there are two different divisions uh you know I think Conley's Conley's division one and La Vega's division two or flip flop which either one I, I'm not entirely sure but I mean I mean, it's still These kids are close. They've definitely grown up around each other, played, as you mentioned in the interview, playing each other since they were in grade school and all these different sports. I think, you know, to, to the kids, I think, that, I think this game definitely means something. And the way the game played out last year being, you know, as high energy and as, you know, as close as it was, I think we're set up for another thriller here as they're playing at Connolly this year. Yeah, and man,
1: I just really like the running backs in this game. Bryson Rowland, you know, he, last week against Kennedale, he went for 19 for 240. And then Keefer Sibley, five, five times for 138 and two TDs. <laughs> That's five times for 138 and two TDs. And Conley has found a running back in Jamari Vincent. You know, he he uh, threw for uh, 184 yards and three touchdowns. He also rushed for 121 yards. And then you look at La Vega. Of course, Bryson Rowland, and then they got uh, the Thornton brothers. You know, mm-hmm. Junior is the quarterback, come over from uh, Midway, who is a committed to South, uh, Texas State, not yeah. Southwest. And then his little brother Jabari is a really good receiver. So you've got offensive firepower on both sides of the ball. Uh, LaVega's been battle-tested because they yep. went to Kennedale or played Kennedale and beat them. Conley went to a Mahia team that, uh, you know – Probably pretty athletic team, mm-hmm. a, a solid team, but you know made them look very ordinary.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and it's a you talked about Coach Hyde as well. They fell down fourteen, fell early fourteen nothing to to that Kennedale, um, you know wing T attack. And the fact that they were they were able to you know stay resilient, you know you know keep 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 focused and didn't let the early deficit fault um, you know get in their heads too much. They were able to fight back and uh, win. Come back, come back and win. It was a 35-28 final. So they ended up um, outscoring them thirty-five to fourteen after that early deficit. But you know, and despite those, he mentioned those like three starters that mm-hmm. they had to miss because of the sickness going around. But you know, it, they're resilient, and you know they're breaking in that new quarterback, Thornton. Thornton, we we were talking about it off the air. He was at Midway last year, and he was a receiver, and Midway suffered heavy heavy you know they they got bit hard by the injury bug at the quarterback position last year i think junior thornton he wasn't even on the qb depth chart he was just a receiver and after the second and third string quarterbacks for midway went down they kind of slid him hey you're our best athlete you know we're just going to put you there and let you run the offense and i think that translated well he put up some great numbers although midway struggled last year he still went in there and put in great numbers, so he, that confidence was built. It's like, hey, I can, I can make some noise at this quarterback position. So him and his little brother transfer over to to La Vega, and sure enough, he's one and zero in his first start as a quarterback for the Pirates. Yeah, and that's something La Vega hadn't
1: had in a while since mm-hmm. they've won those state championships. It's like a quarterback that can make plays, and now they got it. And if you look at Conley, of course, we all know about Kobe Black, uh, Seifert, uh, Kiefer Sibley. And I'm really impressed with Jamari Vincent, the mm-hmm. job he did against Mahea. But, you know, this week's going to be a little tougher test. And uh, I'm excited about this game, you know, the Battle of Belmede, or or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's going to be a good one.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be very similar to last year. I think it's going to be a one-possession game. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored and honestly, it might not last very long because you know both teams are going to want to run the ball. Oh, and
1: by the way, we forgot Kobe Black plays for
0: Conley and he's a
1: five-star top five (laughs) recruit in the state. So he's going to catch the ball. He's going to play defense. I'm probably going to let him run the ball a little bit. He's probably the best athlete on the field. Uh, Yeah, and he's also on that team.
0: But honestly, if you sit back and think about it, can you really think of a better running back battle in the state of Texas not just Central Texas but across the entire state with Bryson Rowland and Kiefer Sibley well, I, can't, I can't think of one you know we've been doing this
1: for two years and when we talk about running backs you talk about we've talked about Bryson Rowland a whole lot mm-hmm. Kiefer Sibley and Peyton Brown over in Toler those three dudes you know two of them are probably going to go play college football and, and, and uh, Peyton Brown may go play linebacker for somebody mm-hmm. or defensive end but that's just the, the product of being from a 2A Going being 230 whatever, but yeah, this is going to be. I mean, there's athletes all over the place. Uh, yeah, uh, give it to me. I'll pay. I'll pay twice to go watch this one.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, well, who do you got? I, I, this, it's a coin flip. It's. I think it's going to be high scoring in a one possession game. Who do you got in this one?
1: You know what? Since we had Coach Hyde on, and and you didn't. Although last week you weren't <laughs> – no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to go La Vega. You know, uh, I just think they're back. I think they've got an athlete at quarterback. I think they've got a top-notch running back. I think Coach Hyde's old defensive guy that's going to find a way to scheme against these dudes at Conley. And I'm going to go with La Vega.
0: You know, what? I'm leaning towards the Pirates as well, but it's, it's just such a coin flip. I think this game's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. But – I like like Bryson Rowland, I like Junior Thornton, and, you know, I mean, both teams, both teams, they're going to score a lot of points, but the question is here, who's going to, who's going to manufacture more stops? Who's going to force more turnovers? And I think, in the defensive department, I think Vega just has a slight, slight advantage in that department, so I'm going to take the Pirates in this one as well, so great opening game. We got a couple more to look at here. Let's just jump into it. How about a battle of number ones as the Melissa Cardinals coming off a drumming over Argyle, fifty to fourteen, at their brand new, really nice stadium. Have you seen pictures of Melissa's new stadium? I've
1: seen it on yeah on Twitter. You know, it's all the rage, and you know, yeah. more impressive than the stadium is what Melissa did to Argyle, fifty to shut 14. them straight down. Argyle, which is a perennial, just mm-hmm. moved up to five A, but. They're gonna win, you know. That's who they are, and uh, you know, man, Melissa, so impressive. They've got this uh, kid named DK Abrams. Mm-hmm. They call him Peanut. Now he was a
0: transfer from uh, McKinney. If I don't if I'm know, mistaken. but he scored
1: three touchdowns <laughs> last week. He's a he's, he's, a, he's a fullback. He's, he's he a starts fullback. on the defensive line for them. Mm-hmm. and then, hey, let's put you in on the short yardage. And yeah. you know, and I love China Spring with Cash McCollum and and Barton at running back. Uh, beat Lorena, a, a really good three A team, a top 10 3 A team last mm-hmm. week. Just I don't know that they got the firepower to compete with yeah, the Melissa.
0: I think this Melissa team is on a whole nother level again. They're the number one team in Class 5A Division 2. China Springs, the number one team in Class 4 Division 1, just one division down. But yeah, I mean, uh, Melissa, they just literally look unstoppable. I think if they're able to stay healthy and just stay consistent, they're on a one way ticket to Arlington. They're, they're, they're that dang good. But yeah, I, I think. I'm with you. I think they come into China Spring, and I think they get the win.
1: Yeah, and, they, you know, they beat Argyle 50-14 to 14 last week. They ran the crap out. 286 yards of rushing you know, 460 total yards, and they've got a four-star defensive lineman, Nigel Smith. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know they're coming down to Wake. I believe, in China Spring. So, I'm sure maybe they're not going to bring extra stands in this week. But if I want to go watch a football game, it's going to be a coin flip between La Vega Connolly, Melissa China Spring.
0: I'm trying to think of when was the last time that China Spring lost a football game. It's been a while. They
1: lost to a private school last year. Uh, one of those, some kind of. Last year they. Oh, got it beat.
0: might have been like that Dallas Parish Episcopal yep. or yep. something they like that. Last yep. But that's one loss out of however many you they have they, they're they're back to back four division one state champions yeah. oh, oh. they don't lose very often especially at home yeah it's just they're a juggernaut as well like Yeah, it. yeah. It, but when's the last time we just sat here and talked about China Spring and especially being at home and being like I, I don't think we're, I don't think they're going to pull this one out it's been a while
1: not very often yeah and you know not very often does the number one five A yeah. D two team come to, yeah. come to town, I, I
0: think so. it I think it's it speaks more to Melissa than China Spring, Yeah, and for they sure.
1: and, and if you look at Melissa they just knocked off a of Argyle, which yep. is, you know, no easy task.
0: Uh, yeah, so. by thirty six nonetheless. Yeah. But yeah, I think I don't think it's gonna be a blowout per se, but I think Melissa's probably gonna win pretty comfortably. I'd say probably by ten to fourteen points. Yeah,
1: I, I like Melissa. you know, I love China Spring. I love oh, yeah. uh, uh, Coach Beatty, what he's doing over there and they got a lot of talent, but you know, just Bigger pool, bigger bigger uh, player pool over there at uh, Melissa, and I just think they're going to take it.
0: I tell you what, I I think they're still going to be competitive, but if somehow, some way, Melissa comes in there and China Spring is able to knock them off at home, I think it'd be the story across the entire state. Oh, that would absolutely be big. Yeah, Yeah, really big. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a very very exciting game. Lots of news cameras are going to be there. Lots of sports journalists it's going to be across the state for sure it's not very often although they're in two different classifications obviously it's not very often you have the number one team playing the number one team in their respective uh division so it's going to be one of the top games across the state no doubt about it but yeah i think
1: and you know you, kudos to both of those coaches for scheduling oh, know, yeah. some tough you know mm-hmm. nobody knew that uh, either one of them were going to be ranked number one but you know that's awesome stuff you want to see in the preseason and You know, you like to see it. Give us something to talk about.
0: Yeah. And they, these, I'm trying to look at the score. They played each other last year and they played in Melissa at Melissa's old stadium last year. Uh, And, and they, this was an exciting game last year. China Spring won at Melissa 42 to 41 last season. So I don't think it'll be quite that close. I think there will be a lot of points scored in that same respect. But I think, I think you and I are in agreement here. I think Melissa, they're just as, As week one told us, they only had one win against Argyle throughout their history coming into the season, and the way they just... And Argyle's going to be good. They're going to be a perennial playoff team, no doubt about it. It's just... Melissa's just on a whole nother level, as week one would tell us, but... Yeah, I think Melissa is going to win pretty comfortably here, ten to fourteen points. Yeah, and,
1: and listen, if you, if we wake up Saturday morning and China Spring knocked off Melissa, I won't like, be upset. Hey, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. You know, it's no. a good ball club over there.
0: Yeah, for sure, it's going to be a great game, one of the top games across the state. But we do have Melissa taking this one. Let's jump over back over to Hill County, the Battle of Hill County, as the Whitney Wildcats at one zero, coming off their victory over Troy. We'll be heading over up 22 over to Hillsboro at Eagle Stadium. Who are, they're coming off a 28-15 win over McGregor. Uh, one of those, you know, rivalries that's not really talked about. You know, it's it, they, these aren't two teams that play each other every single season. There, there's been some gaps over the years, but I think it's more of a friendly rivalry. It's not as heated as a lot of these other historical rivalry, rivalries are. But make no mistake, this is a rivalry game. You ask anyone in Hillsborough or Whitney, this is no doubt a rivalry game. And Hillsborough is going to come into this game with revenge on their mind. Because you remember last year, Kenny, They came over to Wildcat Stadium, and Whitney absolutely drummed them 48-6. to So, Hillsborough's going to be playing this Friday night with a chip on their shoulder.
1: Yeah, and I think Hillsborough's better. I think their defense is better. Uh, I think their run game is better. You know, uh, Emory, Ezra and Emory, who was the guy that had 500 tackles last year, well, now he's running the ball. And last week he ran for uh, 182 yards, so – You know, but I don't think both – either one of those games last week, the head coaches were proud. You know,
0: no, pretty sloppy. Whitney had five turnovers. Yeah, turned
1: over the ball five times. They're still trying to find their running game. Got a couple of sophomores that look good in spurts, but uh, get 15 yards down the field and somebody rips the ball out of your hands. It's not great. So, you know, I think uh, one thing that I did uh, surprise me about Whitney is their secondary just – they're pretty inexperienced yeah. and uh you know coach uh haynes had an interview with uh my step after the game and he's like hey that was a blown assignment so mm-hmm. you got young dudes not necessarily but a couple of juniors that uh haven't played in that secondary uh, very long so they're gonna have to uh, and not that hillsborough's a throwing team they ran the ball quite a bit i think uh their their quarterback uh, mr wrangle threw for about 100 and something yards i don't think that they're uh, some spread you know Air it out, team. I just, I think uh, both teams gonna have to get better to to do what they think they're gonna do.
0: I I think this is gonna come come down to defense. if you're looking at Whitney's perspective, defense is gonna come into play. They did a a solid job stopping the run for Troy last year. But again, Troy, they're they're again their first year under Coach Brasier, is moving more to more of a pass first offense and they look pretty good. Oh absolutely they, they, uh, passing the ball, which is something they're definitely not accustomed to, they look pretty good last week against Whitney. That's one
1: thing I'm really looking forward to and we'll cover it here in a little bit, Lexi and yeah, Troy we'll more in- is what is Troy going to look like against some other team because man – you know that quarterback McMurtry and you know family of athletes. That number one right receiver and uh, and Alex Negron is a, is a good uh, athlete. They slung the ball around, you know, and and they they look
0: really impressive at times. And they hit some really big plays. You know that they, they, they did the passing game for Whitney and Troy is very similar last year. They didn't take many deep shots. They they went to a lot of the underneath routes. Like uh, with Whitney, they kept hitting Jared and Anderson on the tunnel screen, and they kept hitting more underneath routes to uh, – the, tro- the Trojans were hitting more underneath routes, and they were catching, you know, 10, 15-yard passes and then just taking them for 70 yards to the house. So Troy really impressed me with their speed. I, I didn't think they had that kind of speed in them, but they had some track stars out there for they sure. They did,
1: and, and, you know, you're talking about those underneath routes, and that's what Coach Haines was talking about. You know, mm-hmm. hey, we had some uh, – Big hits against us, and and we got to shore things up on defense. As far as assignments, you know, yeah. And uh, but you know what, man, uh, I love that quarterback at Troy, Mr. McMurtry. I thought he looked really good in the pocket. Yeah. You know, of course, he had a few mistakes, and and that's gonna. This first game of the year. That's gonna happen. But uh, you know, uh, Jared Anderson went off. Uh, what a tremendous oh kid! God. What a he's great up for athlete. Mr.
0: Texas Football Player he of the is, Week.
1: You know, 200, 200 yards receiving, three touchdowns, had a pick. Game-winning, game-winning play, play. knocked yep. the ball down. Uh, I'm gonna go. You know, if I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna go with Whitney. And mm-hmm. you know, if you got Jared Anderson on your team, and they've got a, a s- several other wide receivers that can make plays, no doubt. Uh, Mason Sealy, you know, he probably had a couple that he uh, wanted to have back on the For on sure. that game, but he's a, as far as I'm concerned, a really good quarterback. And I think the key for Whitney, I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to figure out their running game because they're, they're going to need that running game going forward, even though they're a spread, hurry-up team. But, you know, this offense is based off of Art Briles' type of offense, and Art Brow's ran the ball a lot, and yeah. I think they will. And they just it may take some time, but I think I'm going to go Whitney.
0: Yeah, Whitney's – their passing attack is going to be – incredible. I mean, they have the, just on sheer athleticism alone, you got Mason Seeley slinging the ball around to Marcus Wilson and Jared Anderson and Caden and Tanner, guys like that, but if later on down the line they're going to have to, like you said, establish that running game because if they stay one-dimensional throughout the season, if they want to make a long playoff push, that's not going to help them out. You have to be two-dimensional and, you know, be able to score from many different you know looks and play types to, to make a run, but you know, again, they look great defensively l- last week. They only gave up two touchdowns. One, the third touchdown for Troy was a kickoff return, which I mean, in week one, there's always the special the special teams problems that come up. There's usually most of the punt and kick return touchdowns are usually in week one.
1: We were in the stands and uh, Whitney Pooch kicked it twice and like. Kick it deep. Why aren't we
0: kicking it deep? And then we and kick, then as soon as that kick it deep, That's why you don't kick it deep. <laughs> exactly. I think that was uh, Negron on the return yeah. there too. That dude, man. he's fast. He's fast. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, hey,
1: that kicker for Whitney needs to get improve his forty times. <laughs> I guess.
0: so. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> but take yeah. better
1: angles next time.
0: But yeah, I think. D- the defense for Whitney because they're going to score points I don't think there's any any doubt about that especially if they get the run game going but the yeah. de- well, defense, well you know what they
1: did in the second half is you know Trey Haynes who's an all-state linebacker mm-hmm. moved him down to defensive tackle because yep. their defense that helped. starting defensive tackle went out with a, a, a an injury in second half they moved Trey Haynes down to defensive tackle and they've got good linebackers to back him up and to me the run game went away for Troy. Yeah, because absolutely went away. And I, thought, I think that was a, a better defensive lineup. I mean, they looked really good in that second half.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. The, the adjustments were really, really good. Um, you know, we talked about it before off air that freshman defensive end Chris Johnson. He had a hell of a game too. I think he had ten tackles, a couple tackles for loss. I think uh, I had Fourteen tackles. Fourteen yeah. tackles. My goodness gracious! Yeah, His first think, ever varsity start. His yeah. first ever high school football game. Yeah, that kid's going to be something. Yeah, for sure. It. it but I think. I think despite all the defense we're talking about, I think this is – at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I think it's going to be one of those like 35-28 type games. But I think it's going to be really, really good. I'm going to take Whitney in this one as well, but I'm not going to be surprised if Hillsborough wins. Hillsboro Hillsborough no, is no. definitely much improved this I, you year. You know,
1: and I think uh, I think after watching or seeing film on the Glen Rose-Grandview game, who we were going to talk about here in a minute – that district kind of opens kind of wide up, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though Golly got beat, I mean, Glen Rose isn't Glen Rose from last year. No, we wanted them to be that way. We we thought, hey, they're going to be tough. there are top ten team. I I just don't know that they are, and I I don't know that Hillsboro doesn't uh, give them a game. I don't know that Golly doesn't beat them. So that, right. dist- that district, that uh, four A D two district, I forgot which one it is, four or five. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's kind of wide open right now. Yeah, and, for and sure. I and I, I, I hey, we'll we'll see Hillsboro here next week. But they've got a lot of athletes in Oh,
0: yeah, no doubt. I'm just, I'm They're just, always athletic. Yep. So it, it'll be a great game. I think we both have Whitney in this one, though. But it's going to be close. It's a rivalry game. Both teams are much improved. It's it's not gonna be forty eight to six. We'll we'll say that. The no no way. I think it's gonna be really really close. But Bowhill County, we gotta go in Whitney's way. And then another really really great game. God, man, I, I'm, I've like been a, waiting th- to talk
1: about this one. God, what, like. Is
0: this like the fifteenth time they have played in the last three seasons Dude. or something? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Malakoff and Grandview. It's this game will be played at Zebra Field this year. Uh, Malakoff coming up, a very impressive victory, 56-14 over West Rusk, which I believe was a uh, regional semifinalist or a regional finalist last year in 3A Division I. And then we talked about it at the top of the show, Grandview, 35-7 over Glenn Rose, which on Dave Campbell's rankings, Grandview was number nine going into the season, but that impressive win over the Tigers set them up to number one in three Division One rankings in Dave Campbell's. So it's going to be a great game. All... Every time Malakoff and Granview suit up and go against each other, it always seems like it's a one score game, always a thriller last second, you know, last possession win sort of game. Uh, there's just so much star power on the field in this sort of game, Kenny.
1: Yeah. And you, so let's talk about Mike Jones. Started quarterback last year for Malakoff. Great athlete. Led him to two or three rounds deep, right? Hall. Chauncey Hogg, Chauncey Hogg, great receiver. You get to Grandview. You know, the same old names, uh, Ryder Hayes, terrific quarterback. Uh, Casey Cannon, great, great running back. And then you've got a guy that was a freshman last year in Jaleel Allen that Coach Ebner said on our podcast – is a shutdown corner. I watched his highlights from Grandview, and I agree with Coach Ebner. He is a shut – he baits – I mean, he was baiting that quarterback. So, let me tell you about a dude (laughs) named Carter Carter Collins, who was the Smoky Central Texas Player of the Week. I'm going to read you his line here. He's a senior linebacker wide receiver. He had three interceptions. He sacked the quarterback once. One tackle for loss. Three tackles. Two quarterback uh, pressures had four catches for 147 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> who wow. did you know who Carter Collins was before this podcast? No sir. Before I didn't either. Had a buddy call me. He's like, "Hey, watch out for this kid. Yeah. He had a great game last night." And that's what good programs do, dude. They're gonna show you gonna they're gonna show up, and you're like, "I don't I don't know." Like West with Mr. Yannick at wide receiver, we didn't know who he was. Nope. Now he shows out. Hey, he's backed up us up for the last two years. But now he's has his chance to go make a difference, and that's what's great about this three A football. You never know who's going to show up and who's the next uh, flavor of the year. Uh, Carter Collins had a hell of a game against Glen Rose. Yes, and uh, man,
0: I'm going Glen. I'm going Grandview this Yeah, game. me too. Me too. I, I I think just again we we know Glen Rose has taking a bit of a step back, but I don't think. It's just it's just hard to tell in week one if it's one of those things where, with if Gra- if Glen Rose is really taking that big of a step back or Grandview is just that damn good. Well, I'd, that's week one.
1: I, every yeah. game through week, yeah. You know, Troy may go hang fifty on Lexington next yeah. week. We don't know. Yeah. Whitney may lay an egg against Hillsboro. We, just, you know, week one is just so, yeah. You know, different. You just have no
0: idea. But just with the star power Grandview has, and just how dang good they looked. I think in that, it's just more of a case of that's just how good Grandview is. I don't think Glen Rose is going to go out of however many games they play this year, whether it's 10 or whether it's 13 games, however, if they go in the playoffs, they're not going to lose 35-7 every game. There's no doubt about that. I think that just speaks more to how good Grandview is. And it's and because of just how just because of how many times they've played Malakoff over the last four or five seasons this rivalry has blossomed very quickly yeah. so they play with some extra high energy when Malakoff comes to town so it's going to be a really great game both teams are going to be and it's it's the same thing for Malakoff both teams are going to be amped up and you'd be hard pressed to find another like a better game in class three or division one in week two
1: no yeah, well, you know and we talked about it in the preview and so here let me let me tell you about something so I don't listen so we're big fans of sideline to sideline right? yes big fans of uh, step tep and step yes so I don't listen to any of those podcasts before we film ours, right? Mm-hmm. Or record ours. Because I don't want to be influenced, even though they probably got more inside stuff than we yeah. do. But and I just we, don't we, want to do
0: that. And we don't mind talking about them because both yeah. of those podcasts, they they co- they don't they cover the whole state, yeah. you know, yeah. and we just cover a specific yeah. and, region. You know, I
1: listen to Smokey's podcast. Yeah. It's a statewide. I listen to Waco Trib podcast that mm-hmm. Bryce Sherry does. So um, saying that, so Malakoff and, and we said that a week, the preview, their JV has not giving up a touchdown. And that's I think that's important to talk about here. Really yeah. good defense. They didn't give up, what, fourteen points against West Russ, which was probably scrap time. Yeah. I was on the uh, the Dave Campbell's app the other day and I was looking at Malakoff and somebody quoted, Well Malakoff hasn't given up a touchdown their JV didn't give up a touchdown last week. And I was like, well, that looks bad. But my buddy, who was really good friends with the coordinator at Malakoff, told me that information. So that's where we get it. So saying that I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think no. Malakoff's got a really good defense and I think they're going to play, you know, I think they've got an answer for whatever Grandview has, but I just think Grandview probably has more weapons than Malakoff has defensive
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Answers. And it might be one of those things where the first of 21 wins the game. Yeah. It, it, and that's the way it's been in a
1: while, you know. Yeah. The overtime game was, what, 13-10 or 13-17 yeah. or something like that?
0: Yeah, the, the last time they played each other in the playoffs, I think it was in the COVID season, they played at Waco IC Stadium. I think Malakoff won, like, 24-21 yeah. in overtime or something like that. I watched
1: that one from the deer lease, and that was surprising. That, but, was, a, that was a surprising game.
0: It, it, was, it was, but, I mean – you know, I think both teams and it's been like this the every time they played the last 4 or 5 seasons, they're both tier 1 teams. There's no doubt about that. And it's, oh, yeah. that just makes for excellent football. Absolutely. It, it's it's going to be such a good game regardless of who comes on top, but I think you're right. I think it's going to be low low scoring. I think it'll be like maybe one of those 20 to 13 or 21 to 17 type games. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be hard-hitting. Even with the athletes now, I mean, they're still going to hit hard. There's not going to be much finesse in this game. They're going to go at each other. Uh, It's hard to pick, but I think I'm going to go Grandview too. Oh, we're we're just – we're just homering it up, yeah, aren't we? All
1: the way across the board, I mean, you and I together. I we're yeah we're. Wonder we're what, I haven't even looked at Mr. J Black's picks. I wonder what he thinks about this.
0: We'll get to the picks at the end, but <laughs> Jay usually goes a bit more homer as well, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but hey, I mean, it's going to be a great game. Malakoff and Granby. It's always going to be a thriller. You know, it, it's it's one of those rivals where it doesn't matter whoever who. Regardless of who wins, both teams are going to come out of that football game as a better team. Oh, as yeah, a absolutely. Team. They're
1: going to be better. That's that's why – you know, we talked about last year with Coach Ebner. Why are you doing this? Well, we're going to be better. You know, yeah. he's only got two pre-district games. So, Glen
0: Rose and then uh, – malikov Malakoff. why not why not yeah (laughs) yeah but it's gonna be a great game for sure uh but you know let's just jump into this next one we're gonna stay in class three division one and again as we mentioned at the top of the show as we're about to dive into the west trojans traveling over to Lorena to take on the leopards uh kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the west trojans coach david woodard and here's kenny's interview with coach woodard
1: Okay, I'm here with Coach David Woodard, the athletic director, head football coach for the West Trojans. Coach, how you doing today?
3: I'm doing well, man. It's a uh, uh, busy Monday, but other than that, doing really well today.
1: Well, first of all, we appreciate you hopping on here. Like you said, you guys are busy on Mondays. But uh, let's talk about that godly game, you know, the theme – all through the preseason, all through the the beginning of the year when two days started, everybody was saying, "Hey, West is going to be really young, probably going to be down." You right out of the gate, you face a, a golly team that went three rounds deep last year. Had a really good running back coming uh, coming in this this game, and you guys did a heck of a job, a great defensive effort. And let's talk about your defense first.
3: Yeah, uh, kids played really hard, uh, man, and our staff put together a really good plan, and and uh, you know. Knew the things that we needed to do to be able to, to slow those guys down, and uh, you know the kids executed the plan really well, and so uh, you know really uh, shut their run game down for a team. I think they ran under, for, they ran for less than 100 yards the other night, and uh, you know held him to 68, I believe, and so. Uh, and then we're just, you know, we gave up one big play, but we're, we're able to, uh, to limit it, you know, everywhere else. And so, uh, you know, coaches, coach Sutter's his staff did a really good job, to, uh, you know, scheming those guys up and the kids execute the plan. And, and really, I think the, the biggest thing is, is we tackled really, really well. And so for this early in the season to be able to do that, uh, really proud of our kids and the effort that they put forth.
1: And so last week we talked to Darby Brown, and she said she had talked to you and, and that you really liked your quarterback, Gus Crane, how he could sling the ball around. And, and he really did. He was 11 for 17 for 257 yards and two touchdowns. That's something we haven't seen from a West Trojan team in a while, and I remember those teams you had that you threw the ball around with Bailey Horn and them. Just You're just adapting to your personnel, or is that something that you kind of wanted to do this year to throw the ball a little bit?
3: You know, it's something that we've always wanted to do. It's just that we haven't really had uh, the personnel and the pieces in place to, to really get it all done. And, and you know, the last few years we've had those big guys up front that had played a ton of football, and and our strength was was you know just being able to run a football, and that's what we we just adapted to do. And uh, you know, that is this is one of the things that adapts. Uh, fits Gus really, really well. Uh he he's able to push the ball downfield. He he's not afraid of making mistakes. Uh he's not afraid to stick that ball in the tight window and uh, you know, he, he uh he, he's able to, to, to create some plays with with his legs back there as well and, and make some things happen and so, you know, it it was exciting to be able to say, you know, we're gonna have to rely a little bit more on that this year because our O line is so uh, young and inexperienced, uh, we, we don't have those guys that have started 40 and 50 games for us like like we've had in the last couple of years, and so uh, it, it's going to be a big part of what we try to do, and and, and work really hard to try to scheme those guys up. And you know, our offensive staff did a good job of being able to put some kids in position to take advantage of their. Uh, of what they did in the secondary and, and our kids executed the plays. And so, uh, you know, hopefully it's something we can build on and, and, and stay consistent with and, and, and do well each and every week. And so, uh, but, but I, yeah, I was excited. It, that's, I think that was the first time we've had a quarterback throw for that many yards since some, you know, some of those days back in 2015. And <laughs> so, uh, it, it was exciting to be able to see. And, uh, you know, we really, uh, we really want to try to build on that as we move forward.
1: So you know, back to defense. You know, you got Zane Harper, who you know everybody knows about, the great linebacker. Coy Clish, you know, according to the Waco trip, he did a great job. And then, and then you got Easton Paxton, uh, who was just a playmaker we know about. But then you had a guy step up, and Patrick Yannick going five for ninety-four. Now, that's not a household name that we hear from West. So tell us about Patrick. You know, is this a kid that you've had your eye on, or you knew about him, or or did he just have a you know he had a pretty good little coming out party.
3: You know, he, you know, Patrick played for us last year. He played a, uh, you know, played some inside receiver for us and backed us up and was in some situations here and there. It was a backup last year, and uh, you know, he, he's a guy that, that that ran track last year and, and and did some things to make himself a little more athletic and, and, and faster. And uh, you know, we knew coming into this year that it, that he was going to have an opportunity to be one of those starting receivers and and make some plays in, in the passing game with with what we do. You know, he's he's decently athletic. He's pretty quick and move around and, and he's kind of a small guy too that gets lost in there. And so you know, he. Uh, he does a lot for us, and in his, in his, you know, he, he started his safety for us the other night, and, and you know, played a ton of snaps. And so, you know, we, we have a lot of those guys like that this year that have, a, either they've been in backup roles or they've been JP guys, but they've been they're really good football players. It's just that they've been behind. Really, really good football players over the last couple of years. And so, you know, we, we expect some of those guys to make some plays. And as they gain more experience, um, you know, we expect to, for, for more of those guys to be able to show up and shine, you know, on Friday night and the box scores on Saturday morning. And so, um, you know, we, 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 uh, we really feel like we have a really good fo- group of football players. Uh, it's just that they don't have a whole lot of Friday night experience. And, you know, we're going to gain that, uh, you know, last week against Godley. And, you know, hopefully we can gain some more of it this week against uh, Lorena. And then, you know, it, it's go time with the district race. And so, so there's not a lot of time. And, uh, you know, hopefully these guys move along pretty quickly.
1: Well, speaking of Lorena, you know, last year, a hard-fought game against them. You lost by six, 21-15. You got the, those guys this time in Lorena. Uh, if golly wasn't a, a big enough test to open up the season, now you go down there, and uh, they got a new coach. Uh, I think it was Coach Johnson. So, so, tell us about Lorena. I'm sure you've watched the film on them. They changed any, or are they still kind of the same Lorena team?
3: They're, they're, they, they've made some changes a little bit here and there. Nothing, no, no, no big overhauls. But uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is up front on both sides of football, just, they just they've got a ton of guys back. I think all five of their old linemen return. I think two or, uh, two or three of their D linemen return and, you know, a couple of those linebackers. And so up front, both sides of the football, they've got a ton of experience. Uh, they're big. They're physical. Uh, they got a little nastiness to them. And, uh, you know, that, that's a recipe for, for a really good football team right there. And, uh, you know, they are. They, uh, they're breaking in a new quarterback, and, and, and it's a little bit different with him. And, uh, but, but uh, you know, for the most part, they're the same old arena. They do a lot of things right. They do a lot of things well. Uh, and it starts with with everything they do up front on both sides of the football.
1: Hey, Coach, we appreciate your time today. Uh, good luck Friday night, and let's get together again uh, sometime later on in, in the year. Sounds good to me. I
3: sure appreciate y'all.
0: And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the West Trojans, Coach David Woodard. Again, and appreciate Coach Woodard for joining us today. And let's dive right into this game, Kenny. Again, the West Trojans visiting the Lorena Leopards. As we mentioned before, this was a six-point game last year. Uh, But again, West, a bit younger. Lorena had to replace some as well. But we were just talking about it off air. I I didn't realize that Jackson Generals was going to move out to receiver this year. I'm not sure who they got over at receiver this year, or at quarterback this year, um, who they started at China Spring last year. But that's that's interesting. I mean, Jackson Generals is a very, very elite athlete. So I think it might be smart having him just all, all around the field making plays. But... Yeah, you know, I mean, regardless, I think this is going to be a really really exciting game. West coming off that impressive, not high-scoring, but impressive 17-7 victory over a 4A team in Godley that again went three rounds deep last year and had and was returning 2000-yard rushers from a year ago. Great defensive game for the Trojans and then the arena of course. Taking on the number one team in four division one last week in China spring and losing by 22. But again, we talked about it last week or earlier today as well that Lorena they were only down eight at halftime despite you know dealing with some injuries and having three turnovers in that first half as well so that really impressed me of course they ended up losing by 22 but I think they were able to hold their own for a half against you know probably the state championship favorite in class four division one and the and the and the China spring Cougars so you know when you look at this matchup Kenny what do you see
1: well, you know, I'm surprised too. Uh, I saw on Twitter uh, during seven on seven that Jackson Generals is just slinging the ball around. And yeah. Of course, I, against China Spring, they started Caden Roberts, who is a junior quarterback, number 11. Uh, kind of surprised. I don't know, you know, I, uh, who knows what they're thinking. But, you know, if you look at Lorena with Jaden Porter, uh, Jackson Generals oh, yeah. at, at wherever he's mm-hmm. playing, uh, Braylon Henry's a terrific, terrific linebacker. Uh, It's a tall task for Mm -hmm. the West Trojans and Coach Woodard. Uh, But, you know, they kind of surprised us, you know. We thought that they were going to be young and maybe a little sloppy. But, man, they they just had a really great defensive performance against a run game against Godley. And some dudes showed up, uh, like Mr. Yannick, like he talked about. And it looks like that uh, Gus Crane was pretty comfortable back there slinging the ball around. So, kind of a new look West team. You haven't seen since maybe twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. when uh, Bailey Horn and and then we're mm-hmm. uh, hanging out. So uh, it's gonna, you know, I, I hate to pick against West, and I don't know that I will. Uh, it's, it's
0: gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be low scoring, a lot like last year as well. And again, we talked about it. Last year's final was a twenty one fifteen game, but both teams are just half a step below of what they were last year. So I think I think they're still on a really similar level. I think it's tough. I, I think I'm going to go the home field advantage here. I think I'm going to take Lorena, and just with, they, I think just think they have a little bit more, you know, explosive weapons. Like you said, Jaden Porter, Baylor commit, and they. I think thinking about it again, I think Jackson Generals at a receiver might benefit them a lot because Jackson Generals is like such a you know freak athlete and just a just. High IQ football player. I think just having him at different positions, moving him around the field, makes him, you know, a bigger weapon on on the offensive side of the ball. So, I, th- I think I, w- I think I'm going to take Lorena at home here, Kenny.
1: Oh yeah, you know, I under- this one's tough. It is tough. Last year was a six point game mm-hmm. at West. Uh, I think didn't they have a defensive t- Lorena batted a ball up in the air when the Trojans tried to put, so. throw the ball, and a defensive lineman scored. Yeah, you know the one thing before I give my pick is the quarterback change. Yeah. So for both teams, correct me if I'm wrong. Jackson Generals was the quarterback when they won state, correct? As a sophomore? Was he no? 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 There's
0: a There's a There's a senior guy leading the helm. I can't remember. It was a really really. Tall dude, because Jackson General, I think Jackson General was like 5'10", 5'11". This quarterback for Lorena was like six, 6'3". Okay. So it well, I was just, I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can remember that. You know, name.
1: Lorena's a really good ball club. I got yeah. them picked third in that district. Mm-hmm. I got West picked second. I don't think any team in District Seven is as good as Franklin. Yeah which that doesn't mean anything i'm gonna go uh i think west shocks people here okay i'm gonna go west
0: yeah i'm not i'm not opposed to that whatsoever it was uh all that that quarterback was uh ryan abel ryan abel that was he was six six two one eight yeah that was yeah a baseball guy so
1: jackson general's a baseball guy ryan abel's a baseball guy so okay that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm I like that pick. Uh, I think we're finally split on one for sure. But I think I'm not going to be surprised if West goes in there and wins. You know, again, they're still young. They're still going to take their lumps. But again, we talked about it in our preview show a few weeks back that West is one of those teams that simply because they're young, they're going to take their lumps. But they they're coached by David Woodard and his staff always does a phenomenal job. And those young guys, they're just going to get better week by week and. And it's like like Coach Woodard said, you know, this team's gonna be young. This is their last pre-district game. Every game after this week, in uh, District Seven, three Division One, it counts. It's a nine-team district, so they're gonna have to grow up fast. And th- they already showed that they have the the capabilities to do so after their win over Godley. But yeah, you know, I I like that pick. I'm still gonna go with Arena. I think just with the the weapons they have with Jaden Porter and Jackson Generals, and uh, you know. It's tough. It is tough, though. I'm going to take Lorena at home, though. Well, hey, I don't blame you one bit. Yeah. Um,
1: kind of, you know, West is right down the road from us. Uh, Lorena's got a lot of talent. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with West.
0: Uh, it's going to be a good game regardless. I think it's going to be, as we mentioned, I think it's going to be a low scoring game, but it's going to be exciting. I think it'll be a one possession game. But yeah, I'll take Lorena and you'll take West. So now we'll stay in Class 3 Division 1 again as. Uh, McGregor will travel on the road to take on Grosbeck. McGregor coming off their 28-15 loss to 4A Hillsboro. And how about Grosbeck? You know, they, they played a 4 in Caldwell last week as well. I believe it was on the road, and they came out on top 31 to 6.
1: Yeah, and I, I tried to find stats on that game. I mm-hmm. looked the uh, max preps, the paper. I can't find anything. A couple of highlights on max preps. But uh, Coach Bomar, man, uh, mm-hmm. I don't put any – I mean, that dude, he's going to have his team prepared. Mm-hmm. They were injured uh, – a lot of injuries last year, so younger dudes had to step up. Yep. Those younger dudes are now veterans, and uh, – McGregor, you know, like we talked about, you know, Coach over there, you know, he's been kind of dealt a – That's a tough district. Yeah,
0: man. yeah, Coach Shields. Tough district. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a tough ask when he got I mean the first when this current realignment first came out, it was in 2022 and it was just after the year where Lorena won the state championship uh-huh. in 3 Division 1 and Franklin won it in 3 Division 2 and I don't care if you're McGregor, it doesn't matter if you're McGregor or any other 3A team. How can you compete with that? Yeah. You know, this is just a tough district. Not to, not to mention teams like Cameron Yo and Rockdale oh, yeah. being thrown and in the mix little as well. Academy? Academy, Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is this is might be pound for pound the toughest and deepest district in the entire state of well, Texas. I think it is. It, yeah. is.
1: it is. No doubt. And uh you know, so that's what you have stacked up against you you mm-hmm. just played a a, a 4a d2 team in hillsborough which you know you got a pretty good little running back in sebastian torres mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna go with Grossbeck and coach bomar
0: yeah i'm gonna go with Grossbeck as well especially being at home their defense looked really good last week caldwell you know they haven't been the caldwell of old lately you know they, they've, they've struggled the last couple seasons but and i'm fairly i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm Fairly certain that that game was played in Caldwell. So for Grosbeck to go on the road last week against a team, a a division above them, and to go out there and hold them to six points while scoring 31, really, really impressive showing there for the Goats. So I'll take them at home as well. And so we'll jump into another one. Staying in that same district that we mentioned before with Franklin, now hosting Mejia from District 8, Interesting matchup here now. I mean, Mahia—they lost big last week, sixty-four to thirteen. And I was thinking about it earlier today before we started recording, and we talked. I remember we talked. We talked about it all last season. This pre-district slate for Mahia is unbelievable. What
1: did Jay Black say? He said they need to fire their district coordinator, <laughs> their, yeah. their pre-district their schedule coordinator. Yeah, that's just rough, man. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you had Conley last week. You got Franklin this week and uh, you know, probably gonna make the kids tougher. Oh yeah. I guess. But uh, morale may be down a little bit. But you know, I think Mahaya has a lot of athletes over there. They got mm-hmm. they got a, a decent squad. They made the playoffs last year, played West really tough. You know, you were there. You know, it was yep. a it was a pretty close ball game at half. Mm, it was. And uh, uh,
0: it was it was only like a seven nothing ball game. I think West only led seven nothing and Mahay did a great job just closing down those run lanes because, with again, with Coach Ward, they like to run it in between the B-gap and inside. They like to run it right up the gut, just go right at you. And Mahay did a great job in the first half, you know, limiting that last year. I think West's only touchdown in that first half was a defensive touchdown, now that I think about it. I'm not entirely certain, but I'm like – Ninety percent certain that yeah. was the case, but you know, of course, it was a low-scoring game. I think it was like twenty-one-seven was the final or something like that. West pulled away in the second half, but Mahale looked good. But I think they're just they're just beaten down, man. They had a three-three and seven uh, uh, regular season, but they still made the playoffs. I think the only reason they were three and seven is because of their pre-district gauntlet. I mean, listen, to this you got Connolly, Franklin, Fairfield. Mm-hmm. China Spring and then Gatesville. I mean, that is just a gauntlet of a pre-district schedule. So... I mean, the coach, and Coach Now wasn't there when this schedule like this is this this is the second season. So the, so ske- coach Nile didn't the do schedule the schedule the schedule was made before Coach Noel came in last season. So,
1: Jay was right; their their yeah. scheduler got fired.
0: <laughs> yeah, he left. No doubt about or he it. Got in
1: trouble, I think, didn't he?
0: And it's <laughs> he it's had to leave. it's going to be the case this season just as well as the last season. Again, Mahia finished three and eight overall last year, but I think that just speaks more of the how high they are punching up in their competition. I think it speaks to that more than it speaks to the talent that Mahea has cuz Mahea is always super athletic. I think I think coach Aaron Knoll, I think having a second year under his belt, you know, I think I think they'll make a little bit more more a little bit more noise come district play. But I mean, this gauntlet, man, you got yeah. you're coming off a, you know, a four i uh, I'm sorry, a 51 point loss to Connolly and then now you're going on the road at Franklin. Now Franklin, they struggled a little bit against uh, Woodville last week. They only came out on top. I think it was thirty six thirty three. So they, they and they had to come back to win that game as well. But I mean, yeah, Frank- and, and I did like that. Uh, our buddies
1: at sideline to sideline, they they posted that Twitter page of yep. uh, Jane Jackson, his speed and his power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw if, that. You, if you've got that guy on your team. You know, I just it's hard to root against you. Yeah, for sure. They're just uh, just a machine and you know, Mahia, like we have talked about, just
0: they have a gauntlet of a schedule and I just yeah. don't see it getting any better this week. No, definitely not. I mean, and you got to remember Jane Jackson, he was a sophomore last year, but he was the leading rusher for Franklin. Yeah. So I mean, he he's absolutely A weapon, and they're always going to be big up front. They're going to be sounding their fundamentals. These kids have been running this system since middle school. Yeah, and they—he's got a little. Does he have a little brother on the team? I think I saw in the forums that he's got.
1: uh, There's another one coming. There's another one brewing. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so they're always going to have athletes. They're always going to be big, and they're always going to be well coached. And I think against one of those things, where I think Mejia is going to be fine. I think they come district play. They're going to be. They're going to be battle-tested, and they're going to – I think they'll definitely get a playoff spot out of their district. But, I mean, is it going to be one of those cases where they're going to be battle-tested or are they going to be just beaten up from the competition that they've had to play? It, it's its a tough ask. It's a tough schedule for Mejia. Yeah, and, I, you know, they're kids. So I think yeah, they'll be yeah. Fine. Oh, know, yeah.
1: There's going to be some nicks and stuff, but uh, I think it'll benefit them. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it'll help them for sure. But it'll be, it's gonna be a tough ask for them to go to Franklin and try to pull out a victory. But yeah, I think I think it's safe to say Franklin will, will win this game pretty comfortably. And so we'll jump into this next one, a Class Two A uh, battle between a Division Two and a Division One team. It's. This game is really weird, and I'll I'll tell you why. So Mart, this is Mart at Marlin. Well, hey, breaking and, news: Marlin is going to play this. So Marlin, yeah, yeah. Just so saw that, it on that was Twitter, the question. So
1: breaking news.
0: Yeah, so they are playing. Marlin is playing at home. They're going to play their first game of the season. They had to forfeit their loss to. Uh, they had to forfeit their game to Itasca last week, so they'll be going zero and one in this game. Mark coming off a 18-point victory at home over a 3 Division one team in Crockett. Yeah. And Mark's 2A Division II, so they're punching up three class, or three divisions mm-hmm. up in that one. They won by three scores. So, Mark's, you know, picking up where they left off. They're always going to be a really dominant team. And, you know, Marlon, I think missing last week's game kind of hurts them a little bit because, you know, they've had nothing but all these practices and they had their two scrimmages, of course, but they still haven't had that real first game yet. And I think with Mart having one game over a three division one team under their belt and winning pretty handily, you know, this game is going to be played at Marlin, but there's just not much to talk about here. Cause Marlin, you know, this was a very one-sided game last year when Mar- when they played this game, they played this game at Martin, Mart won pretty handily with Mar and with Marlin not having, Playing a game yet? I just don't. Just everything points in March in March's favor here.
1: Yeah, and hey, Coach Torres done a great job. Oh, phenomenal, yeah. and, But I just, you know, with you know, let's look at this: Monty Swainer, Abram Ross, J.D. Ross, uh, Montre
0: Medlock, Jadarian they're, Bell. Yeah, they're yeah. just the talent is March just loaded. And, how and, they, and the. Eight or ninth Medlock. Yeah, and you got uh,
1: Ty Bell and Mister Hopwood over at Marlin, and it's a quality club. Oh yeah, but it's just not on the Mart level. And uh, you know these guys yeah. haven't played a game. They didn't get. They didn't get to play last week. I don't agree with the decision. That that doesn't. You know, that's neither here nor
0: there, whatever that means. And just for, but, for those who don't know, that was an administrative decision. That wasn't the UIL. That was Mart ISD implementing that, you know, yeah. that one-game suspension for the yeah. team. But, you know, I, I think just not having that first game, I think I think Mart's going to win pretty handily here. Yeah,
3: I
1: agree. I agree with you. And uh, despite my misgivings on how they run their school, yeah, Yeah. Uh, man – and I'll say it again. I love Coach – we had Coach Hoffman on uh, last year. Mm-hmm. We're going to have him on again this year. Yeah. Probably wait till we get a little a bigger game, maybe the playoffs. Uh, Coach Torres does a good job, man. You know, he's had some great athletes over there. And uh, But I just think Mark's too much, you know, and, and Marlins coming off of uh, two scrimmages. That didn't play last week. I'm sure they got – I don't know if they got the
0: practice during their little uh, whatever it was. But, yeah, I got Mark. I and that's mind. unfortunate because Coach Ricky Torres over at Itasca—that's Ruben Torres' little brother. So, oh, it's not.
1: No, no. I thought no, I heard that right. No, that's no, not, no, no. They're not related. They're not related. Oh. Yeah.
0: I that was, was be, going we, around,
1: but they're not th- Okay, related. so it's not true. Yeah.
0: Okay, so yeah. I was, uh, so the point I was going to make was we missed out on a <laughs> brother coaching no. a brother. Okay, they're but that not. wasn't they're the not. case. No. Okay. Now his brother does coach in El Paso. Okay. He's a, he's I Paso. remember Ruben did come from an El Paso school, so okay. Yeah, but they're not Someone lied related. to me. Yeah. Someone lied to me, but okay. that's not. Yeah, somebody a lied to a lot
1: of people, and then it, yeah. it came out. Because I, no, I, I remember that was going Not intentionally, but it was just – It was going around. Yeah, for sure. No, they're not related.
0: But that's neither here nor there. I think – you and I are in agreement. Mart will win this game pretty handily on the road at Marlin. So we'll jump. We'll stay in Class Two A. Uh, interesting game here. This was a knockdown dragout last year. We have the Crawford Pirates going on the road to take on Centerville. Both coming off, you know, what was qu- it like a twenty-one twenty game last year. Twenty-one twenty. That 21-20? was that was yeah. the exact score and. These are both teams that offensively they're almost the exact same. They're going to line up and run the ball right down your throat. And they both teams hit really hard. Both teams are pretty oversized for Class Two A teams. They're both really big, especially up front. Crawford, they're kind of shaky last week. They're twenty eight, only twenty eight fourteen over Goldthwaite. Now Goldthwaite. You know, on paper seems to be one of those teams that, you know, take a step up from last year. But I think they're one or two seasons removed from an 0-10 season. But it was played at Goldthwaite as well. But, you know, you, you would have expected a lot more from Crawford, you know, going against Goldthwaite last week, only winning by 14. But then Centerville, they went on... Uh, they they took on a 3A team in Buffalo last week and beat them 27 to six.
1: Yeah, so. I think you looked at a few games last week and we've covered a few. You know, you're really surprised that mm-hmm. Grandview did what they did, and mm-hmm. West, and then you were surprised that Crawford kind of struggled with a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
0: but I think the as as fans and as you know, quote unquote media people, I think the the most amount of overreacting in Texas high school football or any sport for that matter happens after week one so no, you, you could look at a, a 28-14 win over Goldwyn and be like man this Crawford they should have won by 50 but against week one they had to replace some guys they have to replace Luke Torbert. Yeah, they very, have to yeah. replace Breck Chambers mm-hmm. you know they have to replace those guys so they're bringing all these younger guys who might have played on varsity last year but they didn't start so they, they just needed more experience and at the end of the day they went on the road against a, a story not recently but a story program in both ways they've got a couple of state championships under their belt oh, absolutely. and and they still got on the road and won by 14 points so you know you'd like to think oh they just made like a, a semi-final run last year they should have won by 50 but you know at the end of the day hey they went on the road and they and they won the game by 14 points so yeah and they had a lot, like you said a lot of people to replace quarterback yeah. and then break
1: chambers and then they got cash uh, both how do you say that? Bolgiano, Bolgiano, cash. I think Bolgiano. Bolgiano. I think Got that's him right. back and uh, we we and Don't saw call them. me though. Yeah, <laughs> we saw them play at, uh, at in Mineral Wells against Holly last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, not. I mean, Holly was impressive, but. Right. uh Crawford was there you know until the last couple of minutes you know a really getting yeah. really tough squad and uh yeah you know like you said it's hard to judge a team on week one yeah se- especially if you're replacing a bunch of people may take a week or two to get in your groove and yeah man I, I got Crawford in this one
0: yeah I, I think I. Think, oh man this one's tough man I I think honestly i I know we just talked about all that. I, I think I think I'm gonna take Centerville. Hey, Centerville's tough. C- man. They're good. They and, you know, are a darn good
1: football. Mark team. played them last year, and mm. uh, Coach and uh, they in- said, "Hey, when our kids get on the bus, they know
0: they were in a dogfight." You know, mm. uh, that's a tough squad over there in East yeah. Texas. I think just because how close this game was last year, and Centerville returns a lot more this season than Crawford did. They have a lot of their uh, returners back from last yeah. year, so and they're going to be at home. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game again, but I'm going to take Centerville this one. And, and again, it's one the, we talked about it earlier with China Spring. How often do we pick against China Spring? How often do we pick against Crawford? Not very often. But I think this is one of those rare cases where they'll be on the road against a team that's you know with the revenge on their mind. They lost by one last year to Crawford, and they're much they're they they return a lot of the same guys they had last year. And they're coming off a very impressive, especially defensive showcase, holding a 3A team to six points. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Centerville home on this one. I don't blame you. So we'll t- we'll take a dive into our last game, our 10th game of the Week 2 previews. Uh, as we move back up into 3A, as we have 1-0 and Lexington coming off a 45-12 victory over 2A Thorndale. They'll be on the road at Troy, coming off a 7-point loss on the road against Whitney. What do you see in this game, Kenny? Well, I think it's kind of a... Uh kind of a whodunit because
1: Coach Brashear over at Troy played what we think is a pretty good Whitney squad and Mm -hmm. hung with them quite well. They threw the ball around a lot. You know, their quarterback, McMurtry, had 370 something yards throwing, uh, a touchdown or two. Uh, They got a really good wide receiver in number one. And, uh, you know, their defense is really opportunistic. You know, they, they, they got a few strip, you know, got a few turnovers. Uh, they return a kick for a touchdown, so it's hard to get. I mean, they look pretty good. And, but to Tr- me. Troy's young, and yes. I think that it, like they're going to be. Well, a, they're returning a lot of dudes too. They return,
0: yeah, but their skill guys are pretty yeah. young too. And the fact that they're co- not completely changing their offense, but it's a it's a huge change of their offense because they're a lot more pass oriented than they've been you know over the past however many years so yeah well they rolled up 441
1: yards of oh, offense yeah. and then mm-hmm. uh, mcmurtry threw for uh about 375 mm-hmm. yards and they had no problem they moving. didn't look like they just started throwing the ball
0: around. no definitely not and it was one of those things where you know we mentioned how whitney had five turnovers in the game i think I think uh, Troy had like three or four yeah, themselves. So three. it was one of those cases for Troy where they had no problem moving down the field. It was just finishing their drives that that was killing them cuz they would get all the way down inside like the Whitney 10 or, or like 20 or 15 yard line and then they cough with the football or Whitney would force a three and out or something or a uh, turnover on downs or something like that. But I think we mentioned before like with with West I think Troy is going to be one of those teams that they just get better week by week, especially adapting to their new system. And we talked about it; they're really, really fast. They're, you can really underrate the speed of the Trojans. And you don't—I mean, that doesn't mesh with the Troy that
1: you. I mean, other than Zach mm-hmm. Botic, who was oh yeah all world running back yeah. to the Sam Houston State right now. But you think of Troy as a slow, big, grinded out, yeah, four yards to carry. Clock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, they're different now. They, they run the spread, and and then they throw the ball around. They did a really good job against Whitney. You know, mm-hmm. you can blame it on the scheme, blame it on the on the blown assignments, but they had a 370 yards oh, yeah. uh, passing, and that says something for and sure. I think this is going to be a really good game just to kind of gauge where both teams are at right now.
0: I think so. And again, Lexington, looking at them, they won by 33 over at Thorndale, which Thorndale's a historically a, very, a pretty good two-way two-way football club, but you know it's. It's kind of tough to gauge cuz you know they're punching up a whole classification and everything Thorndale was. And this game will be played at Troy. So a home a little bit of home field advantage Troy might give them a, a score or two, but it's tough here. I I think just still Troy's still working their way trying, you know, you know, feeling the offense, still trying to put put their players in the right spots and schematically figure out what they want to do. Um, I think just for that sole reason, I think Lexington will come on the road and get the win here. I don't think it'll be a completely one-sided game at all. I think this has a chance to go down to the wire. And this this was a 19-point game. Lexington won this game by 19 points last year in Lexington. But I don't think it'll be, regardless of who wins, I don't think it'll be a 19-point game. I think it'll be less than that. I think Troy's gonna get better week by week and they have a chance to prove like, hey, we can sling the ball. We you know, we can we can score some points here. And you know, uh, but with that being said, I think Lexington will come on the road and win by like seven to ten points.
1: Well, we talked to Coach uh, Mule last year Mole last year, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that they got a young quarterback in K sevens. Mm-hmm. So last week he was four for six for two hundred and twenty five yards and three touchdowns. Four completions, three touchdowns. So that says <laughs> wow. to me they really were in control early on, really weren't tested. Uh, you look at their running back, uh, eight carries for 114 yards for Mr. Uh, Chapel, mm-hmm. and then go to receiver, three catches for 145 yards, two touchdowns for uh, Mr. Beal. So those guys those guys got on it early and often, and probably hit the hit the cruise oh, yeah. later on. So let's see what happens when they get in deep waters. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, those guys are all uh, younger dudes. They were there last year, obviously. I think Troy gives them a game, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Lexington. Yeah. but like I said, uh, or we said earlier, it's going to be interesting to see where Troy's at against this team and then going forward because we saw Troy firsthand and they didn't look like a bad team. No, they didn't not look at like all. They did last year,
0: not at all, not at all. I think they're going to be really, really good this year. I mean, again, they're in that crazy, tough district. so And a really, you know, really
1: good team doesn't make yeah, the playoffs in that district.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be a tall ask to ask for you know, any other district, they'd be the two or three-seed playoff team, maybe even vie for a district championship if they're everything molded right. But it's just solely because of that district they're in with Franklin, Arena, Cameron Yo, all those – Academy, all those guys. It's just a tall ask for them to yeah. clinch a playoff spot. But they definitely have the talent to do so. But I think they're just a victim of that district. But, I mean, they got a chance in this – Uh, pre-district season to make a little bit of noise and show that hey we're changing our we're changing up schematically but we can make some noise we can we can put some points on the board but yeah i'm with you i think they give i think they give lexington a tough game early maybe through the first three quarters and lexington kind of pulls away towards the end but yeah i think lexington will get the win on the road for sure and uh yeah that's that's gonna cover it for our preview uh for week two and um we forgot to get to it at the top of the show, but we also have our Matt Step question of the week. And here's the question that Kenny sent to Matt Step Which Centex game are you looking forward to most and why? Uh, chi- and he listed out China Spring, Melissa, Malakoff. Grandview, West Lorena, or La Vega and Connolly, and I step. Interesting answer here. Looking forward to La Vega Connolly. Super underrated rivalry with incredible talent and physical play, and that's pretty much what we said at the top of the show. I mean, it's you know again, Coach Hyde in his interview kind of downplayed it a little bit, but I I think I think this really is a rivalry. It means something to the kids. It means something to the schools, Mm -hmm. and it it is going to be. There is talent across the board. There's there's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. And it's going to be physical. And yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a really really exciting game, much like last year. Just high scoring and la- pretty much last team with the ball wins. Yeah. And
1: I, hey, I love that game because that, that is a rivalry. And yes. you know, co- uh, Coach Hyde's going to downplay, like you said, uh, what's turning into a rivalry is Grandview Malakoff. Mm-hmm. But what game intrigues me the most? Is West Lorena just to see mm-hmm. where each team stands in a 3AD1 type atmosphere? Uh, and, you know, let's see, what is so uh, West is Region 2, mm-hmm. Lorena is Region 3. Yes. Not going to be a regional finalist or a state final, a semifinalist, but maybe – I don't think it's going to be a state championship game. But it's, it's, I like to see those two teams play each other that kind of caliber to see where they stand.
0: I'm with you. I think as far as intrigue goes, because you can look at Malakoff and Grammy and be like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a great game. But there's not a lot of, you know, quote-unquote intrigue there because we've seen these teams play so often. You, you just know once you see Malakoff and Gravy playing, it's gonna be a great football game. You just know. So I mean the but as far as intrigue goes, I think I'm with you. I think it is West and Lorena. It's gonna be it's gonna be a litmus test for both teams just to see where they're at. With, you know, again, West being young and ha- and trying to get a, a bunch of new guys, a young guy settled in and finding putting pe- putting pieces in the right place. And then with uh, Lorena, the new coach and change, they haven't first season they haven't had with Ray Biles at the helm for 31 years you know a lot of changes there obviously but yeah I, 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 as far as just pure entry goes I'm with you I think it is Wes and Lorena so again thanks again to Matt Stepp uh, for his question of the week and let's jump right into it we got our Pickums for Week two of the 2023 Texas high school football season. And let's jump right into it. Again, we do this with the curator of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Waco, Mr. Jay Black. He joins us every week on the Texas high school football pick'ems. And let's just jump right into it. So the first game, we have La Vega at Connolly. I'm going to take La Vega here, Kenny. Yeah, I'm going to take La Vega. And I think we're just going to La
1: Vega across the board.
0: Yeah, we we'll La Vega across the board. And then uh, Melissa at China Spring. I got Melissa here. I got Melissa.
1: Jay has China Spring.
0: I like it. Whitney at Hillsboro. I'll take the Wildcats.
1: I got Whitney. Jay has Hillsboro.
0: Cough at Grandview. Who do you got here?
1: Uh, I'm going to go Grandview.
0: I'm going to go Zebra's as well. Then we have uh, Gatesville at Glen Rose. Uh, Mr.
1: Black has Gatesville I'm going to go Gatesville as well
0: I, I think, I think Glen Rose bounces back here I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Tigers at home right. Then a battle in class 6A Temple Wildcats on the road to take on Willis Who had a really really impressive victory in week 1 I'm going to take Willis at home here
1: I got Temple uh, Mr. Black has Willis also
0: Moody at Heiko Who do you got in this one? I got Moody I'm going to take Heiko in this one
1: Mr. Black will take Heiko as well
0: And we have the Permian Panthers making a long drive over to Waco to take on the Midway Panthers. Panthers versus Panthers here. I'll take Mojo in this one.
1: I'm going to go with Midway to break the snide, and uh,
0: Mr. Black's going Permian also. Hubbard at Itasca. Give me Itasca here. Itasca across the board. And again, uh, a note about that game. Itasca, this is going to be their first game of the season as well. But Hubbard, I, forg- I forgot who they played in week one, but they got absolutely drummed. I th- and I think Itasca is going to be a step better than they were last year. I'll take Itasca for sure. Then uh, Jewett Leon on the road to take on Dawson. I'll take Dawson here.
1: Dawson across the board.
0: Ralph Vista at Clifton. I went back and forth on this one. I'm going to take Clifton.
1: Yeah, Clinton across the board.
0: And then uh, when the games are previewed, West at Lorena. I'm going to stick with Lorena. Lorena for you and Mr. Black, and I'm going West. I like it. Uh, Eastern Hills at University. This game is going to be played Thursday night at Waco SD Stadium. Again, a note about this one. I, I Again, as if you all didn't know, I, I uh, broadcasted for University on the radio last year. And when this game was played in Fort Worth against Eastern Hills last year, it is one of the craziest football games I've ever seen. I think the final was like 68 to like or like 69 to 59 or something like that. It was one of the craziest games. Just kickoff returns galore, offensive, defensive touchdowns. It was crazy. I don't think it'll be quite that high scoring, but University at home with London Smith, uh, all those guys. Uh, uh, Caballero, Joseph Caballero, the linebacker. I'm going to take University at home.
1: Uh, I got University. and He's got Eastern Hills. Hmm.
0: Hendrickson, Pflugerville Hendrickson at Colleen Ellison. I'm going to take Hendrickson in a tight one.
1: I got Ellison. Mr. Black's got Ellison.
0: Italy at Chilton. Who do you got here? I got Chilton. I got the Pirates as well. And Mr. Black. He has Chilton. Then Smithson Valley at Harker Heights. Give me the Knights here.
1: Yeah, if this was a uh, couple if, years. fifteen years ago, I'd yeah. go with Smithson Valley. But we're Harker Heights across the board.
0: And then uh, Waco at Dallas at Dallas W T White. This is a tough one here. This was a tight ball game last year. I'm going to take the Lions though on the road.
1: Yeah, across the board.
0: Shoemaker at Chaparral. Who do y'all got in this one?
1: Well, my love affair with Chaparral is over. I'm going <laughs> to. Shoemaker, so will Mr. Black.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna take the gray wolves as well. Rosebud Lott at Wortham, interesting matchup here. I'm gonna take the Cougars. Yeah, it, it, this, this is a 50 50 one for I sure. RL myself. I like it. Mr. Black's going to Wortham. Then a uh, at Rice. Give me the Indians. Mr. Black has
1: Rice. We're Indians.
0: And McGregor at Grosbeck. Give me the goats.
1: Let's just go Goats across the board. Goats
0: across the board. Mejia at Franklin. I think it's obvious here. We'll, we'll, I think we're probably all taking lines here. Frank. Frank. Frank, Leon lines. Mart at Marlin. Give me Mart. Yeah, Mart. And
1: Mart across the board.
0: Uh, Interesting one to call here. Both these teams got lost in pretty one-sided affairs here. And then... The Bosqueville at Hamilton. Who do you got in this one? This... I got
1: Hamilton and so does Mr. Black.
0: You know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get one up on you. I'll, t- I'll take Bosqueville in this one. Uh, Brenham at Belton. Who do you got in this one? I got Belton. I got the Tigers as well. This was a pretty exciting game last year. I think uh, Brenham took, took it last year. But at home this year, I'll take the Tigers. And then Lake Belton... At Buda Johnson, this is a really interesting matchup. Buda Johnson's usually a pretty good team down there in the uh, San Antonio area. Who do you got in this one? We
1: got the Lake.
0: I'll take the Lake as well. Why not? Crawford at Centerville. I'll take Centerville. I assume both of you took Crawford. Yeah. Then Lexington at Troy. Give me Lexington and a close one.
1: Uh, Mr. Black went Lexington. I went Troy just to see what those boys will do.
0: Gotcha. And that is the week two pick'ems, and uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Central Texas Football uh, Podcast as we previewed week two of the Texas high school football season across the Super Centex region. Great slate of games this week, Kenny. It's going to be an exciting week for sure.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, man, the, the it's, we're top loaded with some great games. Minnesota, oh yeah, China Spring, uh, you know, uh, Lorena West, Grandview Malakoff. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, go out and watch a game this week. Have fun. Be careful, and we'll see you next week.
0: Yeah, and it's good thing it won't be as hot as it was last week. It's still going to be hot, but last week was absolutely brutal. So stay nice and cool out there. Drink plenty of water. Stay hydrated because. Regardless, you're going to be out in the Texas sun. So have fun out there, whichever game you decide to go to. uh, Go out there and uh, cheer for your team with pride. Enjoy it. Texas High School football is back full swing as we head into week two. And thanks again for tuning in to the Central Texas Football Podcast. Again, if you have any questions for either Kenny or myself, or both of us. You can reach out to us via email at ctfppodcast at gmail.com. That's ctfppodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on our social media pages. We're all on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ctfppodcast or just Central Texas Football Podcast on Facebook. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of the CTFP and enjoy week two of the Texas high school football season. We'll talk to you guys next week.